welcome back to People Who Make Hospitality Podcast. So my name is Yana Pusha and I'm your host and I'm joined today by Sarah Pibworth and Paul Smith. So would you like to introduce yourselves? Who you are and what do you do? Uh, so uh, Sarah, Ops Manager for Castle. Paul Smith, Smithy, um, OD Castle. Um, hi everyone. <laughs> Excellent, thank you so much. So we're going to start with some fire round questions which I know you're very excited about. Slightly anxious, but yep. Yep, that's all right. Um, so I have a few questions and just the first thing that kind of pops into your mind. Mm. Sierra, I'll start with you. Oh Texting or talking? Depends on the circumstance, but probably talking. Interesting. Paul, favourite day of the week? Saturday. Dare I ask why? <laughs> um, it's the first time I've seen my kids all week. Oh, fair I, enough. <laughs> but I only enjoy an hour of it, really, you know. <laughs> cool, Sarah. If you could be any flavour of ice cream, what ice cream flavour would you be and why? Neapolitan, because I'm a bit of a mixed bag. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's classic, isn't it? Classic, yeah. I like that. Paul, what is the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Jimmy, jump straight out of bed. Excellent, thank you. Uh, Sarah. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Ooh, probably every language in the world because I'm not sure animals would have that much interesting to say. I mean, I really like animals, but the simplicity of animals is that they don't think too much, so I'm pretty sure it'd be quite a dull conversation, so I'm definitely in with the languages. Cool, excellent. Paul, if you were a superhero, what would your powers be? I'd be invisible. I just love to see what goes on in the world, and uh, <laughs> probably mostly in number 10 most of the time. I would have taken loads of photos and actually got some pure evidence. <laughs> cool, let's move on from that one. <laughs> Sierra, what is one food you wouldn't want to give up? I wouldn't want to give up? Mm. Probably sausages. <laughs> I think there's only a limited amount of time you can go without a sausage. At some point you have to break, no matter how strict your diet. At some point, sausages or some form of cured meat has to feature, isn't it? How did you enjoy your sausage and mash yesterday, Hoops? It was lovely. Montello did an amazing job. It was cracking. Ellie Engineer, if you haven't been, sausage and mash, amazing. Get yourself there. Awesome. Right, last question. You kind of answered that already, Paul. Uh, If you could teleport, where would you go and why? I've mentioned them already, but I would love to spend a day watching and my children see what actually they get up to in school because they don't actually tell you what they got up to and they lie most of the time anyway I'd just be intrigued about actually if they're good, bad or ugly I'd like to think they're good most of the time because that's what they tell me (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, thank you so much So, next question that I'd really like to chat to you about is actually how did you end up where you are really today what was your career journey because obviously I know both of you have been in hospitality for quite a wee while I just think it's really interesting to know what takes people what brings people to where they are so Sierra, i don't know if you want to start yeah so um i guess the same as many many people i sort of started as a team member so i came out of uni and i really didn't know what i wanted to do with my life and at the time there was a brand new harvester being built and just for no particular reason at all i applied for a job as a, a team member there and ended up staying and then i became an assistant manager then i became a kitchen manager then I became a general manager, then I became an RBM, and then I became an OM. Oh, sorry, in the middle I became a brand development manager cool. somewhere, between RBM and OM. <laughs> so 
yeah, I guess it's it's it, it kind of just grabs you this industry, doesn't it? Because it's all about people, and you, you know, I, I watch a lot of my friends that have taken diff different career paths, and perhaps at points like you'd have kind of looked over at them and thought, oh, you're you're you know you, you're in a much different environment here. You got a nice kind of cushy nine to five, and I'm working weekends or whatever, and you know, and, and there's no doubt in this industry we work really really hard. But I watch those guys and I think, God, they don't have anything. They don't. They don't have any anywhere near the level of fun that we have. And mm -hmm. like laughter is genuinely layered throughout our day, no matter what what role you're in. I like to think that everybody at some point is having a proper old chuckle with one another about something, and that's the environment that we work in. And I think that's that's so we should never lose sight of because mm. hospitality has to be fun. That's probably I'm sure Paul similarly would. So that's why we enjoy it so much because of people and the fun that we all have together. So yeah, I kind of got a bit hooked as a team member and I never left. So 24 years on, this is where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of us have very similar stories. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of fall into hospitality and here we are all. Definitely. Well, 14 yeah. years later for me. <laughs> yeah. Paul, what about you? What was your kind of career journey? Um, quite a similar story to Sarah's really. And I was... Um, Slightly longer than your fourteen years, at Sorry. nearly twenty-seven <laughs> in M and B now. That um, that was my first business in a brand that no one will know called Innkeepers Fair, where it had children's play areas attached to fun barns, the whole Brewers Fair kind of thing, where we had to dress up as Dennis the Dolphin at um, midday and four o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon and do a dance around the restaurant, which is where I learned my moves. To be honest with you, but um, but yeah, that was as a team member, eighteen years of age and did similar journey really from a um, team member to a team leader I used to be very proud of my team leader badge and um, all the guys who used to come in drinking Carlin actually called me team leader for a while which made me also very proud <laughs> and then uh, and then headed at, um, up to an assistant manager level and then had an opportunity to go and hold a pub that was um, the Addington Village Arms on the edge of Croydon, which was an experience, um, but a very good one all the same. So I think from there, I then became a general manager down in Brighton um, and then moved over and worked for Harvester for a bit and then had an opportunity in premium country dining that I spent 12 years in. Cool. Um, and then from there progressed to the um, my RBM career, which lasted about 10 years and, and then to OM and, and, and then OD in Castle, which is, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So <laughs> I think the the biggest things, uh, I think the biggest things, like Sarah, 100% is about the people, but having moved all over the country, starting from Plymouth to Brighton to Eastbourne to Warwick, and then all around the country in various roles post being a GM, I think it's the people you work with and then the people you also keep in touch with along that that journey. So there's still people I see now mm -hmm. from day one when I joined M&B 27 years ago. Uh, and whenever I go to the office, I should really be cracking on and doing an awful lot more work than I do. But I spend most of the time talking to people that I haven't seen for ages. And, I, um, and that's a massive part of what we yeah. do. And mm -hmm. um, once the office reopened post lockdown, it was I think we were both there and it was yeah. genuinely nice to get back. And people were just so glad to see each other after so long. And um, yeah, and uh, as much as it's easy to say people is that is MMB is so close to my heart for so many years um, and those experiences I've had and the people that I keep in touch with along the way so yeah, yeah as best as possible anyway. no absolutely and I think it's really nice to hear like how involved obviously you are and Mitchell and Butler's and both of you it's, I think it resonates with a lot of people there 
you meet a lot of fantastic friends. I mean, how yeah. many of us met our partners behind the bar? I know I have. <laughs> actually, we'll talk I didn't about actually. Yeah, <laughs> I did. My wife was a RBM in Crown Carveries when I met her. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, my boyfriend. I was his team leader, which he loves to tell people about. So. <laughs> <laughs> Use this power. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And actually, there's so many, of course, great positive of working hospitality, but also it can be quite hard. And that's what we want to talk about today, really, is what can we do that helps us when it comes to our well-being, especially now, post quite a post-traumatic event that all of us went through collectively. So actually, what can we do on an individual level as a team to support ourselves and help ourselves? So I don't know if you would like to kick it off, kind of what helps you? What do you do to look after yourselves? When I said earlier that Saturday is the favourite day of the week, the, f- the very first thing, not when I just get out of bed, but the very <laughs> first thing I do on a Saturday is go for a run and clear my head, whether and um, whether that's five or 10K. I just want to put earpods on and get my trainers on and run for a while, just clear it no matter how hot, cold, wet it is. And then once I've done that, I think therefore I am just very refreshed, mm-hmm. ready to go. And I think um, it was one of those things, with, along with cycling, that through lockdown I really got on with because you never find the time. But mm-hmm. actually finding the time for that, making sure I do it every mm-hmm. Saturday morning, just make sure then I've kind of recharged my battery strangely and I've got a clearer head ready to yeah. focus on um, what's important at home as well at the same time. So I think that's, I, th- I think, a healthy, healthy body, healthy mind is... Yeah. Uh, um, not that it was always demonstrated, Joanna, <laughs> is it? but the uh, it's, it's definitely is is definitely something I've really learned over the last couple of years. Actually. No, I agree. I think we kind of forgot that we are actually animals, <laughs> and we're meant to. We we're designed to spend time in nature. Yeah. And then we build these huge concrete jungles around us, and we completely forgot that we're still connected <laughs> to nature, to cycles, to seasons. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Just of curiosity, what do you listen to when you're on? Uh, Spotify Daily Mix. Cool. So okay. I'm I'm not a podcast man. Well, clearly after today I will be. <laughs> but I'm not a podcast man. I like I like something. And generally, it's the the old nineties two thousand indie hits that cool. um, that take me back a little bit, really. But I can just lose myself in for an hour, and mm-hmm. I think that's uh, I think that's really important. And and then yeah, that's it's just that hour on a Saturday morning clear your mind and I yeah. think I learned like I say a lot of that through lockdown where we actually had time to get out on bikes for like mm. two or three hours in an afternoon and and you know seeing the whole castle team the amount of time they spent on Strava going for bike rides going for runs and mm-hmm. it became a whole community thing actually about um about uh the kudos coming through that and then sharing it and then what we did through the charity and it was just yeah it just became a real community for castle and the division in the end Pips, didn't it? and i think yeah. we, we all got we all got really involved in that and it was it was pleasing to see it to mm-hmm. and also for individuals i think like if you think back to that time you know i was sitting there reflecting on the fact that i did manage to get to 10k run eventually having done catch to 5k from start to finish twice i can now not do it so i've just started again but there is a piece around like we'd maybe some of us signed up to some of that activity because it was a division event or because mm-hmm. someone in our team said oh let's get involved in this but actually there's a, a load of people who really achieved amazing personal improvement feats within that time and i think yeah. it took a lot of pride in 
you know, they're, they're just something that they probably never thought that they'd be able to do. I certainly did, but I know just looking on Strava, there were so many people signed up to our group at the time that were like, I cannot believe I just ran 3K. And it's not about the distance, is it? Mm-hmm. It's about your body's achieved something that you didn't know it could. And the headspace that falls dead right, the headspace that you get with that is, is, is absolutely immense, isn't it? So I think personal achievement was way up there, wasn't yeah. it, for the team during that time? Yeah. yeah. I suppose I wonder as well, what kind of your non-negotiables are? So obviously, Paul, you said that your Saturday runs is kind of like your sacred time. You protect it. What other things? Because normally these are the first things that go when you mm-hmm. get busy. You mm-hmm. throw them out because you're too busy to do that. But what other things in your life that you would always make time and space for that really help you? I suppose this is run probably for me. Um, I wish I could say mine was fitness based, but it's really not. But Paul knows well my non-negotiable is uh, Friday night is steak night. So because I'm away from home a lot, mm-hmm. um, and it's just really important for me that actually taking time to sit down and have a proper meal with Carol, my other half, just taking that to it and actually it doesn't matter what's going on that is always happening it's almost like a for me like your fire break of a run that's a fire break for me to go right you know what it's friday night it's this time that's it we're all done that doesn't mean if someone phones and the whole building burning down i'm not going to answer it but like as a bit of a you know nudge to myself to say that is time to mm-hmm. shut down and i think for me my my probably the number one thing for me is making sure those personal connections don't kind of get lost because that's really really easy to do and I think you you can sort of lean on your partner can't you quite a lot when you're yeah. stressed at work and the relationship it can be really really strong but still tested because of just life and stresses of life and work life particularly and I think we've all probably been through a very challenging period of time where we've had so many rules changes <laughs> we've had so much stress we've had not enough team you know think Paul and I as much as we know the front line has dealt with the vast majority of that I can tell you now that's not been without stress for us as well because we we're kind of desperately worried that people are are okay and getting the support that they need and you know we've been kind of very very conscious of trying to do everything we can to make sure everyone's got everything they need and and help wherever we can and and I think the RBMs have been brilliant as well for that we can't thank them enough but amongst all of that because you get in your own head about oh my god I got so many pressures I think sometimes those personal relationships you sort of put them to one side mm-hmm. don't you to a certain extent because they can give whereas all of this is like immediate and right now so for me the most important fire break I have from a de-stressing perspective and a well-being perspective is just to ground myself once a week it's two hours it's not like you know life-changing but it does really help me bring me back into the real world like Work is one part of my life, but it's not all, all yeah. of my life. And for me, that's really important. Yeah. Sounds like a very <coughs> nice and healthy boundary. Something that signifies, this is yeah. it. I can, I can switch off my work <laughs> a little bit and then yeah. move on into enjoying the weekend. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, what about you, Paul? Is there anything else that really is important to you? Or maybe something that you really came to appreciate in the last 18 months, I suppose? And do you know, Whether I appreciated it at the time and Sarah was a massive part of this as well at the same time that um, because life is busy and we get caught in the day-to-day world and stay a lot mm. away in London is looking back I really appreciate, appreciated my family really and we never get that time and I was on my own with a five and six year old for most of lockdown which 
which didn't come with its challenges, I think, um, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I, I think when, when you look back at that, that's why I am so committed to that now, because I still have fallen back into that trap of mm -hmm. back into London, 24 hours, mm -hmm. and just that stay over, stay over, up and down on trains, whatever it might be. But I do always commit to picking up on a Monday and a day in the week that I can and can't always guarantee that but I, I, just that moment of pickup and always on a Monday and always mm -hmm. say to you and explain to anyone that <coughs> just for a couple of hours that's just the time when I I've committed to do that and that's not for my um just for my well-being it's for the fact that they that I'm seen to be doing that as well mm -hmm. but actually it's for the well-being of my wife because she has to yeah. put up a lot with me not being there quite a lot at the same time which ultimately comes back to my <laughs> well-being realistically but the um but it's really that side of it is really important because mm -hmm. michelle worked right the way through lockdown she doesn't even really appreciate what furlough was apart from mm -hmm. the fact that she got a kitchen painted in the meantime <laughs> and that you know and that's um and that was really hard for her because she carried on working and actually it, the, the time I spent when you look back and look back at photos that was magic and uh, yeah, I've just got to uh, just gonna make sure I hold on to that yeah. and not lose sight of that when I come back to work and make sure I balance that time mm -hmm. as well. I guess that's the thing isn't it because we have grown up in this industry it's like you've got two families and I think for anyone else you're really lucky because Michelle but has worked in the industry so she gets it but because you have got two families haven't you you've got one family at work that you care kind of passionately about because you're so close and everything you do is it's more than just colleague isn't it sometimes in um, well certainly was at points with you and Michelle but, but <laughs> more, more, more than colleagues in because you share so much life experience don't you and you have a totally different relationship I think in the hospitality world than you would in other industries so it does become like a real family so you don't you don't you know you feel the same level of commitment to the guys that you work with as you would do your actual family at home mm. and I think sometimes you know that can be a really difficult balance can it to sort of separate yourself away from people that you really genuinely care about this isn't just I go to work Monday to Friday nine to five and I go home and I don't really have any connections this is like genuine relationships where if someone's yeah. upset or is finding things difficult you're emotionally kind of really connected to that and so it's very difficult to, sh to shut that piece off mm -hmm. so it is it's kind of how do you manage those two families into a really healthy state of mind I think and uh, and I think we've both kind of articulated sometimes you just need to reground yourself a little bit you know to, just to help even up that sore because seesaw because we will naturally spend a larger proportion of our time with our work family than we do with our home family so actually I you know reflecting on the train again home the other day it's just really important it might be less time but it needs to be higher quality time as a result so mm -hmm. that it balances up yeah. the whole seesaw and you, you feel like both families are getting what they need from you and you know the, ev everything's in balance I think yeah mm -hmm. well it's interesting that you touched on that because that was kind of my next question obviously you work together very closely so how did you help each other how did you almost carry each other through <laughs> probably the most challenging times in your career I would imagine what helped it was um Laughter. It did. It did. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it was at, to your point, Yanni. It was. It was a crazy time. We had mm. never, and you know, fifty years experience, and you kind of think we've never really closed a pub. In, and mm. if it was, it was sacred not to close a pub through all of our careers and and for our teams prior to yeah. prior to March the twentieth, and and uh, that was, and that was such a strange feeling, and, and how quickly that progressed into 
we've never done this before and obviously we were at the heartbeat of it being in London mm. where where London went quiet really quickly and I think that whole those whole moments were very bizarre for everyone particularly first time around I think I think we did get kind of used to it I think, <laughs> yeah. as, as sadly as it kind of went on but I think um, I think between the two of us we communicated a lot yeah um to our detriment sometimes but i always made sure that seven o'clock steak night uh, i never phoned (laughs) after that but it was we communicated a lot and particularly on the times of reopening because we knew the stress that um the team were going under and we always spoke about how do we support how do we communicate as best as possible how do we keep um the RBM team continually updated but what we know is, is going on at such fast moving pace as mm-hmm. well because we'd never gone through that before and and then ultimately how the how the whole castle team then really yeah. understood that and we had to continually make sure that we were joined up and not going in different directions mm-hmm. because otherwise that would have really split the team and we had to have really one vision get yeah. to get through it and and my god the, the what the team did to do that over the last yeah. two years I think was a uh, um, was remarkable to be honest. Yeah. And um, to answer your question, it's we communicated a lot, uh, we laughed a lot, and if we had nothing to laugh about, we found something, <laughs> and um, and just kept cracking on. And then whenever we did get back, we made sure we met regularly and mm. had a beer in one of our pubs, mm-hmm. and then kind of let it come out, and then got home, and then go again, and then we um, and then just carried on rebuilding really, which. You know, looking back, it was hard, but we we tried to do the best to have fun, really, yeah, didn't we? Definitely, definitely. And I think that that fun, I know it's come through a few times, but that fun piece is really hard to remember. Sorry, really easy to remember sometimes in work. All the hard things that mm-hmm. happen to you, but actually, you still have you ca- you can still have fun despite adversity. And I think that I think both of us have got quite a positive mindset around life in in that way, and that really helps us both from a work relationship point of view but also just the the, the way that we sort of see the world is very similar because we both think right we can't do what we want to do but what can we do and often we take the mickey out of one another quite a lot so that just you know again we'll 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 laugh our way through things that could feel quite tense otherwise Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but but i think that's really healthy that doesn't work for everybody (laughs) yeah but fortunately for us we kind of share a similar sense of humor and and an outlook on life so yeah it really helps just for the record, Sarah takes a mick out of me far more than I take a mick out of That's just so Sarah not true. That is so <laughs> I mean, untrue. I'm, I'm team Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, the, you know, there were there were times through lockdown, close of Rio, where, again, at home, the family of my wife certainly knew how stressful that was mm-hmm. to be able to do that. But then there were times she'd come back downstairs and say, what were you laughing about? <laughs> so I was oh, just on the phone to Pibs, and there were times, I remember, yeah. we were just belly laughing at stuff oh that was God. totally irrelevant like and that and that wasn't that wasn't times when we were realistically opening or closing it was just times through the whole shenanigans of it all it would just um yeah yeah i look back on yeah, there were some very good times oh. amongst some pretty miserable times yeah i think it's really nice to hear because it's such a natural human response to stress mm. it's literally just releasing stress through laughter Mm-hmm. Obviously, some of us do it through movement, wherever that is. It's just a coping strategy. Yeah. I think it's something that people sometimes necessarily underestimate, but don't appreciate how important and how valuable it actually is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take the problem away, does it? No. And I wouldn't want anyone listening to this thinking, oh, we're just sitting there laughing because we don't take <laughs> life seriously. We're 100% taking everything 
actually probably more to heart than people know and mm -hmm. taking it really 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 seriously but equally when you can't so there are just times where when you can't do anything else you just need to yeah release a bit and actually our chosen method to do that probably <laughs> is to laugh or mm -hmm. take the mic out of one another and move on and then right okay now how do we fix it mm -hmm. and I think similarly in the pubs you see a lot of that it's like we know when we walk in and everyone's all smiles it's not because every bit of everything that's happening in that pub is like brilliant and we know how hard people are working to do that but hopefully similar to our relationship in pubs across castle mm -hmm. you've got those same relationships where you get on really well and you're leaning on one another to kind of get through those tougher yeah. times and reset so that you can go again and it doesn't solve every problem but god it makes it a happier place doesn't mm -hmm. it than mm -hmm. just not 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 having that support so i hope everybody feels like they've got that in their own pubs because i certainly yeah. massively value it in my role mm -hmm. what do you think is the benefit of actually talking about kind of mental health i know we've touched on a little bit but is there a benefit how were your thoughts on that kind of talking about issues that some of us go through i think it's i think it's important full stop to talk because it's a preventative measure for everything isn't yeah. it right and i think you know there's been times in my life where i've really relied on close friendships or close work relationships actually because it can be really really hard sometimes mm -hmm. um and but i think but i think me mental mental health general well-being you are so much better off if you're able to have somebody to confide in and just tell them exactly how you feel because it might be that how you feel is really really rational or really really ir irrational if you know what i mean mm -hmm. it could be anywhere on that scale and but having someone trusted to talk that through with kind of almost again just balances you out a little bit doesn't yeah. you know okay maybe i have overacted or actually maybe it's worse than i thought and i should be thinking harder about this but that's a really good gauge mm -hmm. um and i think just releasing your feelings about a subject so they're not in your head is a very very healthy thing to do yeah no great i think we we did that quite often with um the rbm team as well realistically because i think we quickly came to the conclusion we haven't done this before yeah. and we weren't going to have all the answers <coughs> and there were certain times that it wasn't all a bed of roses that, that, that sometimes believe it or not we clashed didn't yeah. we and we didn't quite agree with how we were going to do something but i think it was one really important that we we always made it up and moved it forward didn't we and that's and that was really important the fact that we it, we just didn't let that linger because mm. we just knew it was only a balance of opinion that we mm. could move it forward and i think the other part then was we tr really tried to work with the rbm team who had not been through this before who would getting direct feedback from their teams about what we needed to do what we needed to do differently what we should stop doing was quite mm -hmm. big, particularly leading into christmas and we took we yeah. took that on massively um because sometimes the best well-being you can have is stopping right yeah. and and whether whether that's me going on a run that is still me, me stopping overthinking but actually just stopping yourself and sometimes you know sitting on a train and not opening your laptop mm -hmm. or looking at social media or just just looking out the window and watching the world go by and actually mm. just a, a little bit of reflection time I think we've all kind of lost that time to do that particularly since reopening this last time around where everything's just been carnage and I think it's been really important that we've spoken with the RBM team a lot they've then fed up to us we've then 
um, ensured that that's gone to the exec and then um, hopefully we've had some benefits mm-hmm. through that in um, Castle and the things that Castle have done yeah. that have benefited the company as well and you know yeah, so that's talking listening communicating not be being scared of silence not being scared of conflict as long as you make it all up at the end I think yeah. it's all of those things combine into um, what makes for a healthy relationship really I think. yeah and it's funny isn't it because there, there is equally that healthy relationship between castle and Everbill. i know we talk about that quite a bit but it has been i think it's been an amazing couple of years if nothing else for how the castle team has to paul's point kind of <coughs> influenced and supported decision making across the whole organization through the creation of ideas which we know we've got a very imaginative and creative mm-hmm. team they've found probably some solutions to problems that we just would not have got to without them so I think it's been a a real revelation I think perhaps wider audience wise as well around Mm -hmm. what what impact we can have when we're when we're solution we're focusing on the solution and we're trying to find creative ways to fix things and make things Mm -hmm. better for everybody so it's been fantastic on that side yeah and I think it's similar with well-being as well actually if people have some ideas what helps them what can be done better Mm-hmm. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I think yeah. you will be very happy to hear from. They might be better than state teams as well. Better than a run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, absolutely. If you know, I'd like to think with the progression groups stopping and starting, and we kind of felt like we got really going again, and you know, yeah. be arranged all of a sudden gets to change in, yeah. in two weeks' time, and yeah. you know, that was built out of the progression group that was mm-hmm. pre-Christmas, and. You know, you know, food progression group feeding back into us, and um, we've got the social marketing group going again now, and all of that. Just please, anyone who wants to put their hand up and join yeah. all of that, that's uh, that just helps us evolve. Listen to you guys and really move everything forward. Really, but but we do listen, and that's the uh, I think that's important. Absolutely. I just wonder if you want to share any of the resources that you, you know that are available for anyone. To be honest, we didn't really want to make this podcast completely about all of the central stuff coming down because I think that is very, very well documented. But if you haven't seen it, if you go onto our Facebook page, uh, Building Our Castle, you'll see lots of detail from Yana and the team about what's available across the, this week, Wellbeing Week, and also um, kind of day by day that's broken down for you as well around um, support for mental, physical financial environmental and social well-being so there is some good stuff on there which you can log on to Mabel and sign up for but more than anything what we wanted to share I guess today is that this isn't just one week we know that the best way we can support our teams is to find ways to support you to have really good well-being 52 weeks a year and help to resolve any problems that you do have and not all of those problems may be work problems. Some of them may require additional support and all the tools are available for you there. If you go into Mabel, you'll be able to see that. Um, but I think we wanted to just flag, this isn't something that we're just focused on for seven days. This is something that genuinely Paul and I routinely have to work on for ourselves as individuals. Mm-hmm. And we're conscious we want to support everybody in the castle to have the same opportunity to do that and just really don't take it for granted. It's yours. It's your well-being, so you kind of need to own it. But we'll do whatever we can to make sure that we're providing the right environment for you. And if and if you feel that there's something more we can be doing, to Paul's point, just get involved. Just shout mm-hmm. up. You've got Yana here. You've got David. You've got your RBM. You've got your GM if you're a team member. You've got Paul and I. So there's loads and loads of people to come and talk to, um, and we'll try and uh, do whatever we can to make us a great place to work and be uh, from a well-being point of view. I think. Um we spoke about different brands that we've 
worked in across mm -hmm. the company, both of us. And I think having been in Castle for the last two, two and a half years now, I don't think I've worked in a team as close as a Castle team. And it, it does help being in London because you can walk around the corner and get mm -hmm. to your local. And, and a lot of the GMs have all either worked or covered a lot of the businesses um, and the team, especially over Christmas, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but I think there's there's a bit that can be lost about making sure we speak to each other, making sure we speak and check in regularly with our teams. We, we do it, but we don't mm. do it enough with each other sometimes. But actually, there's the way there's such a family unit in Castle, that's a real opportunity there to just ensure that everybody continually checks everyone's alright. So powerful. Sometimes just asking someone how you actually are, how are you yeah. doing, can do the world of the difference. Yeah. yeah. Simple as. No, absolutely. Well, listen both. Thank you so, so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for hosting. A joy chatting to you. <laughs> uh, hopefully people will learn a bit more things about you too as well, which I think is always very valuable. I've just talked about steak and sausage, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Take care.